spent more than 20 years in engineering and then suddenly decided to become a tech recruiter. But now he's here to give you insights on all things recruitment from an engineer's perspective. This is Dubel's Talks with your host, Mark Dubel. Hi there, and welcome back to Dubel's Talks. It's episode six, and in this episode, we will have a conversation starter about diversity and inclusion. It will also kick off a small series around the topic. So diversity and inclusion is a hot topic at the moment, and there are many experts talking about it. Great people that know a lot about the topic and have often experienced the effects of being part of of an underrepresented group. There are experts in building efforts and programs around the topic. So why am I talking about this subject then? I'm a 42-year-old white male that comes from the Netherlands where we, well, we do deal with challenges, but they're not even close to for what happens in the US, for instance. So what makes me entitled to talk about this? Well, nothing, but I'm still going to talk about it since I really care about treating people the same, making sure everybody feels welcome and included. In this podcast, I'm not going to say that I understand how people from underrepresented groups feel. I'm not telling you I feel the struggles. I'm not even talking about programs we need to implement. In this podcast series, I'm discussing the other side of it. The side from a candidate's perspective and that of my own. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Over the years, I've seen discrimination at work up close. And I can't imagine anyone that hasn't. In my case, it was subtle as colleagues uh, and myself came in late uh, one morning and I was told not to be late again. And my colleague, well, he was black and had to come into the office. Now, maybe something else was playing, right? But no, it were the subtle things like him not being able to go on exercises with us uh, back at the Air Force. Um, And the issue was simple. It was systemic. It was systemic racism that wasn't acted on. The person started to fill in his job because if you treat people like crap, they will start behaving like it as well. On the other side, I saw a female colleague being promoted who was lacking the skills, experience and every qualification she needed for the job. I even found out from her that she was promoted as there was no female leadership in the whole division at that time. So both are subtle ways to discriminate and both are well hidden enough for colleagues not to see it. Both had the same impact the person actually felt bad. We often see and discuss the impact discrimination has when it comes to people not getting a chance. But I wanted to talk about something else. I want to talk about the things that we are doing right now, how we are treating people in recruitment and what the impact is on them. So let me explain. A while ago, I was messaged by a hiring manager of mine. He saw a Twitch stream of an engineer and was impressed. He asked me to find the person and see if the person was interested. I liked the challenge, watched the streams, tracked the Twitter account and finally reached out. Well, I almost reached out. The engineer had a video on his Twitter in which he talked about being a black engineer and a diversity hire, basically saying I am not a diversity hire. So it was time for me to take a step back. Not because the person was black, not because I was afraid to reach out. It was because I did not want the engineer to feel like I was trying to hire him because he was black. 
So I tailored my outreach to make 100% sure that this engineer was not in any doubt that I approached him for his skills and nothing else. So what I did was I mentioned watching the Twitter feed, watching the Twitch, watching the videos, all those kind of things and actually saying why I wanted to talk to the person. And yes, I pulled in the hiring manager as well. In that way, I made sure that he knew that I was interested in him and not a skin color. So why am I telling you this? Well, because when we talk about diversity efforts, we seem to focus on the recruitment or HR side of the issue, and we forget the actual people. We talk about building programs for people from underrepresented groups, about building an inclusive company, about a lot of good initiatives. But in our strive and drive to fix things, we forget the people. Now, I can hear people thinking, hold on, we're doing it for them, right? Well, the fact that I had to tailor my message to this engineer because of what we're doing at the moment is an issue that we as companies created. We decided to work on building more inclusive and diverse teams, which is amazing, which is super good. But we also decided to put so much effort in it that we are now creating another issue. We are forgetting the mental impact that it has when we are working so hard to build teams that are diverse. I'm going to split up this um, show in multiple segments and episodes. And I have a guest next week um, that is an expert on the matter. So I'm not talking about a head or VP of DNI. I'm, I'm not talking about the head of HR. I'm talking about somebody with actual experience on the other side of the table. So I'm talking about the engineer that I mentioned just a minute ago. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Let's start with the term diversity. So what is diversity? Most companies look at race, people of color, gender, LGBTQAI+. Um, it's something we measure, and in some countries um, it, it can't be measured, and some countries it's measured in a different way. Often diversity is used to define underrepresented groups like women, people of color, Latinx, LGBTQAI+. But what is this diversity? Are people diverse? So let's for argument's sake say that a person or a group is not diverse. A person adds to the diversity of a group. They add to the diversity of a team, but they are not diverse in themselves. And let's also say that diverse team has a different meaning in every country or region. And in my personal opinion, we need to make sure that underrepresented groups get the same chances as the well-represented groups. That's without a doubt. But we also need to make sure that underrepresented groups are not just determined by skin color, race, gender, sexual preferences. It's also about people with physical bodily challenges, the blind, the deaf, uh, and anything in between. They are people that are have a different background. So we need to make sure that we understand what kind of diversity we're talking about. And diversity in the US means something completely different than diversity in EMEA or in the APJ. So we really have to be cautious about what we're actually measuring and what we're actually dealing with. 
So now companies are building strategies, teams and efforts around diversity and inclusion. We have DIPS teams everywhere. We have inclusion teams. We even have diversity recruiting teams nowadays. Companies want to diversify their, their employees, their teams, their company as a whole. And it's truly great that it's finally happening. The emphasis on making more diverse teams is absolutely amazing. But there's also a downside. The psychological impact on the people. In the first episode around this topic, we're going to talk about the candidate. The prospect experience. Am I a diversity hire? And we're going to talk about the effect of interviewing. So if I know I'm diverse or add diversity, they need me. Let them work for me. Or are they changing the bar for me? Or are they treating me the same? All those kind of things. We're also talking about the effect on the team. Because honestly, in some teams, people will think, hey, did they hire this person because they add diversity to the team? Or did they actually meet the same bar that I did? And then it's the effect of the future of people, golden handcuffs and loyalty. You're listening to Dubel's Talks with your host, Mark Dubel. Let's talk about the candidate, or better said, the prospect. It's all about them in the end. We are finally doing what is right. We are giving people equal chances. But how does this land by the people or person that you're hiring? Now imagine this, you're in the US, you're a black engineer, you've been working hard to learn everything you need to know about an amazing job, and then you don't get a shot, you don't get any chance. So why? Well, while you know your stuff, you weren't allowed to go to a big name university. And all those big tech companies were used to asking for a degree, and you don't feel you should apply because you don't have that one. You do have the experience though, but often it comes from learning it by yourself. Now, I'm not making this up. This is not hypothetical. This is what I heard more than once. And unfortunately, more than I really could believe in the beginning. It shouldn't be happening, but it still happens. There are still people being told you cannot go to University X or College Y because you don't fit in or because your grades are just not good enough, which is often a damn bad excuse for, sorry, you're black, you're Latin, you're a woman. But things have changed. Suddenly you're getting a lot of attention from recruiters. Now finally the tables have turned. Finally you are being approached by recruiters. And now you start thinking, hold on one minute. What just happened? What changed? And that's where the psychology goes to work. You start doubting the honesty of the recruiters of the company. Are they hiring you for your skills and experience? Or are you suddenly a diversity hire? And did they change their bar for you? Or are you being held at the same bar, which is how it should be? All these doubts, they're all good and honest doubts. So, so what now? Well, now it's time to make sure that we as recruiters do a few things. These are actionable and I encourage you to really think about this. If the hiring manager wants to diversify the team, Make sure you are not pressed into a certain underrepresented group without any good reason. Keep the goal in mind. It's helping the team become better. It's not a numbers game. Also make sure that the bar stays high. Yes, things like a degree are not always needed, so remove them for the job at when you can. But make sure you treat every candidate or prospect the same. 
There's nothing worse than knowing you've been hired on a lower bar or a different bar than your colleagues. To fix this, you can start with implementing structured interviewing, making sure that everybody gets the same questions and the same treatment all around, and make sure that the whole team knows that as well. Also make sure that the candidate or prospect knows that you're interested in them as a person, for their skills, for their experience, and not because they're representing an underrepresented group. Now, you've attracted that candidate you really wanted so much and they're starting to interview with the team. Be aware that they probably have been approached by more companies and they know it's a numbers game for most companies. You might have the best intention, but you also know that there are recruiters that truly only care about their diversity numbers. So be prepared that in some cases where the candidate is very, very aware of their status, they will ask for more, challenge more than usual. I had a few encounters where I was confronted with the sentence, I know I'm a diversity hire, so this is what I will cost you, or this is what I will expect. Now, I fully understand that response. It doesn't happen a lot, but it happens. But it kind of tells you about a mindset of people. So how do you solve this? Well, we just spoke about it. Make sure that they understand that you're hiring them for what they can do, not for being diverse. Make sure you have a full backup of the hiring team. So during the interviews, it's clear that you are interviewing them because they live up to the bar. They make a chance because they're good, not because you have to make some numbers. These are small things, but oh, so important. If you treat everybody exactly the same during your interviews, you will actually find true diversity. Also be aware that some of these, these candidates or prospects, they didn't have the chances before. They didn't interview that much before. So make sure you give them the opportunity to get used to it, break the ice. Um, and another thing, very important, and it will actually help, is make sure that they actually can talk to somebody with the same background or the same challenges that they had. It makes them feel more included and not being the only one. There's nothing worse than actually don't have the chance to talk to somebody that had the same experiences or same background in the company before you join the company. It's a small thing, but it really, really helps. There is also something like the effect on the team, and this is where all our efforts are becoming an issue. We might be amazing at attracting um, more people from diverse backgrounds, underrepresented backgrounds, and we, at a certain moment we hire them, right? And it's just like hiring anybody else um, with one little difference. And this is where the efforts are becoming an issue. Imagine the board of directors being all white males. Now suddenly there's a woman added to it. Perfect, right? Finally some, 
someone to diversify that board. But there are two things happening here. The new and only female member might ask herself if she was hired because she's a woman and might even doubt if that's the place she should be. And the board and employees might think so too. So that's a difficult situation that's hard to solve because it's all about perception. So often leaders make up for that by elaborating on why they hired the person, which really doesn't help the case because it feels like selling. So the only way to make sure it doesn't happen is by making sure everyone gets it. Everyone understands that interviewing and assessments have been conducted on the same criteria. Make sure that the team knows that everybody's being treated the same. There's no different bar, there's no different treatment. If you want to make the board of directors, you have to be good at X, Y, and Z. It's also the same for adding engineers to your team or whoever you're going to add to your team. It's not about just making sure that they feel at home. Make sure that the team actually understands that everybody is being treated exactly the same. And this is what we need to do on the team as well. So imagine you're the only black engineer on the team, right? There are so many cultural differences that can actually work against you. Um, I spoke with Reggie about this, and you're going to hear this in the, in the podcast talk next week. But think about break things first, ask for forgiveness later. Um, he mentioned it as a privilege. Um, and in the beginning, I had a hard time understanding until he explained. And it's true. So when I grew up, I was able to, in a company, to break things and then say, hey, listen, I tried, sorry, but it's broken. Oh, uh, let's fix this. Now, that was okay. I would get a little bit of a hard time and that's it. But if he did it, he would have a lot of trouble because it wasn't even cultural accepted to break things first. No, you take a step back, you assess the situation, you look at it, you dive into everything, you get information, and then you try to change something or build something. And when it does break, then it's a learning moment, but you don't just try something. That's a huge difference. Now imagine going to a team and having that different mindset. So the whole team must be basically trained to understand that cultural differences are there. Diversity of thought is there. Make sure that they accept it, they understand that part. Because some teams have never worked with people that think differently. Make them at ease as well. Make sure that the whole team knows what they're doing. And last but not least, make sure that mentorship is there. Not just because they're a person that diversifies the team, right? They're underrepresented. There should be a mentor anyways. But in these cases, the cultural differences can be so big that they need some help to adjust. Um, and the team as well. So why not spend a few extra hours to make sure that we're doing this? That we're setting people up for success and not for failure. You're listening to Dubel's Talks with your host, Mark Dubel. So now we found the people that we wanted. We added them to the team. They're doing an amazing job. They get promoted. Uh, they've been with the company for a few years. And now we as recruiters um, really want them to join our company. So we're talking about golden handcuffs and loyalty. So there are two issues 
separate issues. So some companies really pulled out their wallets to create a more diverse team. And when you overpay people because you want to add that, that diversity, you are basically limiting them to move to another company when they want to. Imagine you're an engineer and you're paid extremely well compared to your peers. Amazing, right? Yes, but now you now imagine you're not happy in the company. Ch- chances are that other companies cannot afford you. So this means you have golden handcuffs. You cannot move to another company unless you take a huge pay cut. Golden handcuffs are super dangerous as it creates a crooked loyalty. People will stay, not because of the job, not because of the team, because of the money. There's another issue as well. There's loyalty um, towards companies that actually put in the effort that was needed early on. So loyalty arises from um, other things. Say your company invested in hiring people early career um, or even reaching out already before college or during high school. And due to that, you've built a very diverse team. People have been able to, to grow in that team, to get promoted, to actually work in a very diversified team. Chances are that those people won't leave for another company anymore due to the chances they had, loyalty, and the environment they are in right now. So you as a recruiter really have to be on your A-game to get those people to join or be even interested because their company has put in all that effort, gave them the chances, and gave them the platform to work on and to grow and to become better, and you haven't proven anything yet. So it's up to you to actually make sure that you're super personal and explain them what's in it for them. Don't forget, loyalty is a huge thing. And when you look at the chances that you get in a certain situation, so look at me, for instance. I became an engineer without a degree. I worked myself up to become an engineer, to become a lead, become a manager, and in the end, a director. Those are chances you're getting. So it's kind of hard to leave the company that actually gave you the chance, unless there is a really, really good reason for it. Most people think the same. A company gave me the chance, and as long as they like to work there, they're not going to leave. It's loyalty. And while a lot of people are not that loyal anymore, look at LinkedIn's um, research from, I think, a year ago that said, well, the typical employee stays at this company for about 2.6 years. Well, that's a little bit different with underrepresented groups because they got the opportunity, so they will stick. They are more loyal to it. Take that into account. So again, if you want to make sure that you can actually diversify your team more, put in the effort. Don't just build programs. Put in the actual effort. So what can we do to make sure people don't feel like a diversity hire? Let's start with making sure that the job description is correct. Do you really need that college degree or uni degree? Or is it an extra? In which case, you don't mention it on the job description. The same is for years of experience. Some people that entered this field, especially in underrepresented groups, never had the chance to actually dive into this. So you won't find people with X amount of years of experience due to that. And to be fair, I've interviewed engineers that were only in the field for three years or a little bit more, but performed way better than engineers that had been in the field for 15 years. So what's the reason? Their drive is higher. They have to prove something. They have to work twice as hard for it. So you will actually see that in the results. 
Also make sure that when you reach out, you make it about them. Why am I talking to you? What's in it for you? What do, can we do for you? It's not just talking about the benefits. I'm talking about all the things like challenges, growth, um, all the things that will actually matter to people. This is basically standard. You should always be doing this, but especially when you're talking to people from an underrepresented groups where that have been approached by a lot of recruiters, make sure that you stand out of the crowd by giving them a different message. And when you reach out, be personal, especially when dealing with an audience that is basically hunted at the moment. Make sure you stand out of the crowd, show yourself, be human, make it something that you've put effort in. Now, also make sure that they go through the exact same process as everyone else. You can make sure this happens by creating structured interviews with dedicated questions per interviewer, so everyone is passing the same exact bar. Make sure that the interviewers know this, make sure that the team knows this. It's very important to set this, those expectations right in the start. Not just for the candidate, but for everyone on the team. And then make sure that the team is able to accept a different way of thinking. Different people think differently, but especially when there's a cultural difference, this is incredibly important. So what does this look like? Well, the best way to find out is to listen to the next episode where Uncle Reggie or Reggie um, is coming on the show and talking about his experience on the other side of the table. Like I said, he's someone special for me. Remember, uh, this is the engineer that I mentioned in the beginning. So when you approach somebody that's so well aware of being a diversity hire, you kind of want to make sure that you approach it in the right way. So that's why he's a guest on the show next uh, next time. And he can share his side of the story so we can actually learn from it. It will be special. It will be very different than what you're used to. Um, like I said, this is not going to be a head of DNI or a head of HR. This is going to be somebody that's on the other side of the table and that experiences all those programs we're putting into place. That is experienced the actual situation, how it is. And... He was very open and honest about everything that he experiences that I hope it's an eye-opener for you. So tune in next time. Thanks for listening uh, to this episode. And again, if you have questions, remarks, or if you have a topic that you really want me to talk about, let me know and I'm happy to discuss it. For now, have an amazing, amazing day.